Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 105. Psalm 105. Give praise to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing of him. Sing his praises. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations. For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they fell heir to what others had toiled for, that they might keep his precepts and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Colorado, we had the chance to attend a soccer tournament for Lucas, our 10-year-old nephew. All the parents were on the sidelines cheering the team on, and you had a particularly large cheering contingent this time because his grandparents were visiting from out of town and Julie and I were visiting from out of town. Now, having coached my son Evan, his soccer team, for like at least five years, I know that parents can either be very sidelines or let me put it this way, not that supportive on the sidelines towards the team morale. So we had been vocally shouting our praise and encouragement teammates through the first half. Halftime came along, the ref started walking across the field. He started walking across to the parents on our sidelines. He started walking towards Jonathan, Lucas's dad, and me, who were sitting next to one another. He's got a stern face on his, uh, expression on his face. He walks right up to Jonathan. And you know the feeling when you get police lights in your rearview mirror and they pull up on your bumper and you're wondering, what did I do wrong? That's what was pretty much the feeling. And he goes with an absolutely stern face. Parent of the year of the game award. Great job for positive reinforcement. <laughs> and then he breaks into a smile. Second, because he thought in trouble, but he's actually getting praised. He was getting praised, in fact, for his praise. There's a power in praise. In our summer sermon series, we've been in the Psalms, learning how the Psalms help our hearts to sing. In today's selection from the lectionary readings, we come to Psalm 105 and explore this power of praise. So we're going to do that in three movements, kind of as usual, praising the name, two, Praise is medium, and three, praise is purpose. So the power of praise can be found in praising the name, praise is medium, and praise is purpose. Now, if you were here with us last week, you might recall our exploration into the name of God in Hebrew. In our English translations, there were 
to Lord, that's capitalized, capital L-O-R-D, in the Hebrew, it's actually referring to the which is Yahweh, as suggested to us at the opening of the service. And so version of Psalm 105 displayed on the screen to highlight these differences. See, when our Jewish friends come to, across this name, rather than aloud the name Yahweh, they simply speak it out as the name, or, the, or Adonai, which in English is that tradition, at least in written Out of reverence to God's command to keep God's name holy, set apart. So they wouldn't say the name of Yahweh out of respect for the name to make it profane and ordinary. So that tradition of referring to that name as Lord came about to be translated in our English translations. So knowing now that scripture is full of references to God's name, there's several, multiple instances in this psalm alone, we can come to appreciate how personal, how relational the God of Scripture is. When we come across Lord in capital letters in, the, uh, in our English Bibles, remember that is God's personal, self-revealed name, Yahweh. So what does it mean to praise the name of Yahweh? Now, the hit Motown song sung by Diana Ross and the Supremes said, Stop in the Name of Love tells a story of a jilted lover who finds out that her partner uh, has been cheating on her. And so when she sings, stop in the name of love, she's saying, hey, stop doing things that are not in line with the nature of our relationship, a relationship of love. That's what in the name means. It means according to or in line with. Or sometimes they're, as they're drawing from, stop in the name of the law, right? According to the authority of whatever you're referring to. So when it comes to the name of the living God, revealed in Scripture, what are we to make of these multiple references to praise the name, praise the name of Yahweh? So the question for us is, how often are we praising according to who Yahweh is? Or how often are we not doing that? Now, perhaps one way is to remind ourselves of the character of Yahweh through God's actions in the past. And though we didn't read the entire psalm, it's like 45 verses long. From verse, 40, verse 5 to 42 is actually recalling God's faithfulness to the people of Israel in history. Looking at uh, their leaving Exodus, slavery under the Egyptians, and entrance into the promised land of Israel-Palestine. For the psalmist and the worshipers, these are actions to recall God's actions in the past was more than just a storytelling practice. It was more than just a mindfulness, positive mindfulness exercise. You see, in the ancient Near East, where religions were dominated by this belief in magic and in cultic practices that would invoke a divine power, the act of retelling this past and recalling and remembering was literally an invocation to the gods to unleash that same power in the present, whether it was good or bad. It brought the past events into the present, saying, you did this in the past, whatever God you're worshiping, so come and do that right now in our life now. To call on the name of a God by recalling the past was to invoke their power and presence and the authority now. But what does it mean for a worshiper of a living God? 
of Scripture. The emphasis is slightly different. Invoking the name of Yahweh and remembering Yahweh and his acts in history would have confronted the worshiper with the immediate presence of the living God, much like Moses encountering God at the burning bush. And invite that encounter would invite a response of faith. So when we praise the name, when we recall the name Yahweh, that is not just a healthy mindfulness exercise. It's not just good storytelling, but it's an opportunity to meet with the living God of the universe now. And other psalms seem to support this sentiment. When psalms say, I have met you in the sanctuary. See, in remembering the, uh, God in worship, it's an act of faith that says, I trust you, God, and that you are coming to meet us and to speak to us and to change us as we gather in worship. Now, not just to previous generations. But you might ask, well, we don't really identify with these stories of deliverance from slavery or entering into a promised land. It's hard work to translate all these ancient cultures into our present-day psycho-emotional relational experiences in need of salvation and healing and deliverance. But the thing is, you don't have to be a pastor or a scholar or a psychotherapist to do that work. We can simply be encouraged by the psalm or other psalms that say, when we call on the name of the Lord, when we proclaim Yahweh as the great I am, we have an opportunity to encounter the presence and reality of God in our midst now. That's why we sing. That's why we pray. That's why we gather at the table. Now, the danger of this is thinking that the more we proclaim God's name, the more of God's presence will come. But that's just religious babbling. That's kind of going back to cultic magic practices of the ancient uh, religions. Instead, when we declare praise of Yahweh, we are saying, God, we're directing our hearts, our minds, our entire beings to attend to your presence with us right now. So praising the name of Yahweh is more than just reaffirming the identity of the God that we worship. Saying the name and praising Jesus is attending to his presence amongst us right now. It's about encountering the living God. And if we understand praise of God in this way, the next question might be, well, how are we to respond? Thankfully, this psalm gives us some direction in that. The psalm is full of action words wrapped up in these in the, in, the, in the expressions, give praise, proclaim, make known. That's verse 1 alone. Verse 2, sing to him, sing praise, tell. Verse 3, glory in his holy name. Seek the Lord, rejoice. Verse 4, look to the Lord, seek his face. Verse 5, remember. See a pattern here? If you've been a Jesus follower for a while, it's easy to think, well, I, I believe in all those things. I do all those things in my life. But this morning, just pause for a moment. Slow that down. Consider, what do you do? How do you express all of those things? How do you give praise and proclaim and tell? With your mouth. With your expressions. How do we seek and how do we look to with our eyes? 
How do we glory and rejoice and seek? That happens in our hearts. How do we remember and glory? We do that in our minds as we reflect and meditate. If you think about the kind of praise that is being described here, it involves our entire being. It, it is embodied worship, to put it another way. It involves, all, involves our hearts, our minds, and our bodies. The medium for our praise is y'all. The medium for your pra our praise is all of our emotions, all of our desires. It's all of our thoughts and meditations and all of our physical being. That's why we find descriptions in other psalms saying, sing, dance, clap, lift up your hands, bow down. It's why we hear psalms like Psalm 19, verse 14, that says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. May the words, how are words formed in your mind? How are they expressed with your mouth? Meditations are formed in your mind and uh, reflected in your heart. It's whole being, worship and praise. It's all of our lives. That's praising the name. So with that in mind, I invite you to consider how your expressions of praise involve your entire being. Praise is medium is y'all, or all y'alls, right? Does what you do with your body complement what you are thinking with your mind and what you are feeling in your hearts. Now, I understand we have a lot of grace here at WCF. You don't have to sing in tune. You don't have to clap and dance on the beat. You don't have to dress a certain way as we come to church to worship. You don't have to think exactly the same as the person that you're sitting next to as you're participating in worship. You can sit, you can stand, you can lift up your hands, you can kneel, you can bow down. You can come as you are, wherever you are at. And if you're listening at home, you can even press speed up so you can listen to the sermon faster and get through the worship service faster so you can get onto your name, uh, the rest of your schedule, or you can slow things down so you can reflect a little more. There, you can do all things according to your preferences. There's a lot of grace here at WCF. You come to God as we are, where you are at. But as you get to know Jesus, here's what happens. As you begin to remember God's faithfulness, the invitation is to praise the name of God with your entire being. Remember, coming to praise is to coming to encounter and remember that God is here meeting with you, ready to love you and to show you more of God's character and activity in the world. And so the medium for us is our beings. That's the posture that we come before God with all of our lives. So we need one another. We can do it in the rest of our lives, but we can also do it here as we gather as a worshiping community on Sundays. That's, we need others to model to us, oh, okay, this is what it looks like. This is what I can do. This is what it come, is like to come and receive God's grace at the table. But let me break it down even a little more. When we come to worship together, even if you're online at home, are you engaging in whole body worship? Now, I know many of us here are smart. We're more thinking, reflective types. We don't like to show our cards about what we're feeling or be very public with our expressions. But how can we, when we're gathered and we're singing, for example, here's a song like I Surrender All. 
Do we sing this song with our mind, body, and heart? Because often what I'll do is like say, I surrender all. I surrender all. Wow. Music team's like a little bit off today. They're not off today. I'm just saying, all to Jesus, I surrender. Whoa, that's a nice shirt that Ben's wearing today. I think he was wearing that last week. <laughs> all to Jesus, I surrender. Man, I'm hungry. I didn't have breakfast this morning. Okay, I'm going to pull up Jacob's online ordering. All to Jesus. Okay, breakfast sandwich, coffee, uh, extra cream. All to Jesus, I surrender. Oh, I think a lot of us, I mean, that's what I do sometimes. I think a lot of us do that, don't we? But, but what if we actually came and says, I surrender all. I surrender all. I lift my hands. I surrender. Or is it, I surrender all. I surrender all, Jesus. And we sing with our mouths, I surrender. What thoughts are going through my mind that are really hard to trust Jesus with? And you surrender that. What are the things in your heart, those things that you've been carrying, saying, I'm not sure if God is really good. I don't know if God really loves me, but I surrender to you because you're here and I'm meeting you, Jesus. That perhaps might be a, an indication of surrender, uh, of whole-bodied worship. See, that's entrusting ourselves to God's care and love. Here's one more exercise to think, consider. We, we, almost every time we come to the table, we recite the Lord's Prayer. And we found that helpful. And I've found this helpful. I don't do it all the time when we're at church, but we can. We can do it today if you like. But, so I'm going to invite you to stand, okay? And there's this helpful guide on the screen, okay? It was discovered by archaeologists and the browser history of... The 2010s of some computer, on some computer here. It, it's actually been passed down through generations from Jesus' time. Okay, this is the official non-denominational worship expression guide. You can use it. As, okay, so when we say the Lord's Prayer, we're going, Our Father. It's touchdown, according to this guide. Our Father. Hands kind of like this. But when we say that, what are we doing? We're saying, like a child reaching out to their parent, Daddy. Mommy, pick me up. I need to be cared for. I need a hug. Our Father, who art in heaven. This is hard to do with a microphone in my hand. Hallowed be your name. Your, hallowed be your name. And then we do the, the flat screen TV. Flat, carry the flat screen TV. Oh, this is really hard to do. Okay. Flat screen TV. Sometimes why? The big screen TV. Like, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? We're saying, here is the world that I'm in. Here is what I see, but this is your kingdom. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our trespasses. Lead us not to temptation. This is his day. Lead us not to temptation. This is his day. 
Just in a simple Lord's Prayer, there are multiple expressions and postures that we can engage our bodies and our hearts and our minds with, rather than just our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, who kingdom come, your will be done on earth, which is what we can often end up doing. You can be seated now. Thank you for doing that together. You see, if the living God really is who God says he is, and he shows up in the midst of our worship, then the appropriate response is praise with our entire being, mind, heart, and body. But the question is, is what's this all for? What, what is our praise for? You know, our final movement gives us a clue to praise his purpose. The quick and easy answer, I think if you've been around church, you say, what's, why do we praise God? Well, to glorify God, right? That's a Sunday school Bible, uh, solid Bible answer. You know, to glorify God means to make known, to make more significant. That's what the Psalms open with. Give praise to Yahweh. Proclaim Yahweh's name. Glory in his holy name. And we've been making the case that to praise the name is to make as much of God in your lives as you are able to with your entire being. But what's the purpose of this entire being and body praise? The final verses of the psalm give us a clue. After recalling all that God has done for the people of Israel, getting them out of slavery in Egypt, leading them into the promised land, inheriting something that they did not work for. That's what the final verses say. What does it say? What's the purpose of it? It says, that you might live a happy and successful life. No. That you might live your full selves. That you might become rich and successful. Or maybe you're a little humble. That I might have a healthy family and an affordable home. No, it says that we might, that they might keep his precepts and observe his laws. That's the purpose of praise. If you think about it, that's certainly kind of a weird conclusion. It's not expected. And read with our contemporary, self-determined, individualistic instincts, it seems kind of authoritarian and contrary to our perception of a loving God. What's the deal with this? Following the arc of the Psalms, okay, praise God, praise the name, remember God is here, remember God's action and character, praise God with your entire being, give, tell, seek, remember, so that you can obey God. That's what it's saying, right? Yeah, that's how we often respond with a big laugh. Yeah, right, God. Sure, that's certainly convenient for you, God. Get all the glory, get all the praise, and get a bunch of robot servants to do your will. Sounds like a good gig for God, doesn't it? But that response actually betrays something about us more than about God. It betrays something more about our character than about God's character. So we go back to the first point. Yahweh, the great I am. The psalm is an invitation to praise Yahweh, the living God of Scripture, who is the creator of the universe, the one who makes promises, the one who keeps all of God's promises, the one who is powerful, the one who is good, the one who is above all and most of all, the one who reveals not only the name of Yahweh to Moses and the Israelites, but reveals his very own character most fully, most clearly in the person and work of Jesus Christ. 
See, in the de life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we come to see the very character of Yahweh that is grounded in love for all of humanity, for all of creation. And because Jesus came to redeem and renew it all, Jesus comes to turn our hearts. And what the, uh, the prophet uh, Ezekiel says, turn our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. Hearts that are hard into hearts that are soft towards God and towards others. And God does this to make us and to form us into the very likeness of Yahweh in Christ. The purpose of our praise is to form us into the people that reflect God's very own character of love and other-centered living. For the psalmist, that purpose was expressed because what they knew was God giving the law of Moses to his, Moses and the Israelites and obeying that law. But the whole purpose of the Old Testament is to say, you can't do it. But for us on this side of the cross, the purpose of our praise is to become more like Jesus so that we can embody Jesus and his kingdom in the world. The Apostle Peter says it similarly in 1 Peter 2, verse 9. He says, for you are a, God, a chosen people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, God's special possession. That's who you are in Christ. That's your identity. Why? That you might declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Using language that would be familiar to the descendants of Abraham, Peter reframes the purpose of our praise in light of Christ's life, death, and resurrection. Rather than what the psalmist says, that you might obey his precepts and keep his laws, he says, that you might declare the praises of him. That's Jesus who took you out of darkness and into wonderful light. It's the same sentiment expressed in this psalm, just with different language. Glory, proclaim, make, tell, seek, remember. All of these action words are wrapped up in their identity as God's special people in Christ so that we might declare the praises of him. If you've been kind of following along, you might think, well, this kind of sounds like circular logic to me. And you're right, it is. Okay, praise the name of Jesus, get to know Jesus, and then become more like Jesus. Praise Jesus with all of our being so that we become more obedient to Jesus. So we become more like Jesus in our lives. And you're right, it is circular. Because if God is eternal, if God is infinite, then there is an eternity for us to know the depths of God's character, of God's love, and activity in the world. And that process of knowing and praising the name of Jesus reveals more of Jesus for us to know. And more, in a sense, of our lives to be formed by Jesus. So the purpose of our praise is to become like the one we praise. Which is really how we become the people that God has created us to be. That is the power of praise. It may be so in our lives here at WCF. For our joy and for making the name of Yahweh known. Amen.